Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. And well, we have plenty of stuff to talk about here. Today, I'm your host, Sean Gomer, and here is with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And also, welcome back, Mr. Daniel Anderson. Hello. As he is still excited about his Tennessee Volunteers surprising and upsetting the mighty Alabama Crimson Tide there uh, over the weekend. <laughs> so you will uh, be seeing that logo for the whole show here. Um, anyway, uh, like as I mentioned, we, we do have plenty of things to talk about, including the Bayonetta 3 VA controversy, the Gotham Knights controversy that actually involves gameplay. Uh, we've got more stuff with Microsoft and Sony and the CMA. G4 TV has sadly been shuttered and much more right after this. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right, so just to get it out of the way, if you've been listening to us for a while or this is your first time listening, uh, we always appreciate you here. And if it is your first time listening, you can always watch us live on Twitch, on Twitter at W10 Network for both of those. Uh, on uh, my Twitter at WTM Sean, you have Mark at Humanity Plague. You can follow us there. You can watch us on demand on YouTube. Uh, you can watch us wherever it is that you like to watch uh, videos, whether that is YouTube, whether that's Twitch, whether it's whatever. And also, uh, you can listen on whatever podcast feed that you enjoy, your favorite podcatcher. Uh, we're pretty much on all of them, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we got the the Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Amazon, whatever it is that you know, I'm sure all those other things that basically use Apple Podcasts, Pod, Podcast Attic is the one I use personally, all of that, uh, we're on there. So just search Video Games to the Max or search W2 Network in total, and you'll get everything we do, which includes uh, Mr. Mark Radlitz doing and his crew doing the uh, the Marvel Entertainment and movies and Star Wars stuff. You, They just reviewed She-Hulk. Uh, that's a pretty damn good review that they did. Um, as well, going through, not like entirety, but they give their thoughts on the entire first season. So if you want to hear their thoughts, uh, definitely you can go check them out uh, on the YouTube or on podcasts. And definitely go talk, listen to that Top the Cakey as well if you want your anime fix. They just did their summer anime and top tens for that season. And they've already started on the fall. They don't waste any time at all. So that being said, let's get everything going here, guys. I mean, Daniel, I know you're still on that high from, from the Tennessee <laughs> win, but uh, anything else been going on there? Uh, I've been working a bunch. I've been trying to play Terra and Victa when I have a little bit of time, but I've been working 50, 60-hour weeks the last few weeks, so it's been kind of difficult to squeeze the time in. All right. Well, uh, definitely if Daniel has any uh, extra thoughts, we'll get that. Uh, in the what we're playing segment, Mark, anything going on with you there? Fridge broke, so we're getting a new one soon. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully you're still able to 
find things to eat while your fridge is <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well yeah pretty much been working we did a, a hispanic heritage potluck thing at my job this week so at least i didn't have to bring any food this week which was nice got to save a little bit but it was it was nice getting to eat uh different latino countries food like for me being a Venezuelan and then also being with a Puerto Rican, I kind of get the mix of those two foods a lot. Uh, but it was, you know, cool to get to experience all my other coworkers food, uh, where their families come from. And again, nice not have to spend any money on food for a week, uh, with like, how expensive things are right now. Like it's the actually land of good. Taco Bell. No, none of the, none of the, <laughs> nobody brought Taco Bell. So, um, but yes, let's get into it guys. So first off, I guess. We should probably start with some sad news. It feels like almost every time we're starting this show with somebody is closing their doors in the gaming media, gaming journalism uh, land. And this time it's G4 and they haven't really been. I think they've hardly been around a year, if that. And Bare- Com- barely. <laughs> yeah. Comcast has already shut the doors on the channel uh, on the YouTube and on the cable network. I mean, we we kind of saw that this was going to be a difficult thing when they first brought this out, right? It was never going to be easy to come into a world where everything's so accessible. We already have so much gaming content. We have so many gaming sites, so many gaming content creators to kind of just come back with this brand that, yes, we knew it growing up. Yes. Uh, we consumed it, but are the 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 people that consume gaming content now going to care about it? Um, and that was always a difficult task. I feel like there's a lot of things going into this, obviously. But anyway, how do you feel about it, Mark? I mean, I didn't find it sad. Well, it's sad that people are losing their jobs, man. It's not but, never a good I mean, thing. I, I, I mean, guess, but it's it's almost like Google Stadia. Like you had a no going in. Like this isn't going to last. Well, I think if you actually work to try to differentiate yourself and, you know, try to to find your niche in the market, I think that could have been there. It was just it felt like somebody's pet project, which it was, it was. a the son of a higher up at Comcast that kind of started the thing. And, and he only did it to like yeah. get into Olivia Munn's pants and that didn't work well, out well for him. Yeah. I don't have nostalgia for G4 in the first place. Yes, I think a lot. It. I think a lot of people don't. You know. Yeah, we consumed it back then, but it was the only thing around. And even then, I knew it was kind of garbage. Right. So, not even discussing the like the current person or the past personalities on G four with uh you know the recent one obviously, but right. I, you had to see the writing on the wall six months ago. Yeah, I mean, supposedly she's come out and said that that whole thing was approved and that everybody knew it was going to happen. Oh, I'm uh, I'm sure. Yeah, because they, they promoted the hell out of it when it when it initially happened. She made that stupid rant. Yeah, I mean that's the thing though. I feel like that's the biggest problem with this is there wasn't a lot of marketing for this at all. Like if it was, I mean, we knew about it because we're in this, and anytime they're going to do a news blast about it, we're going to know about it. But um, I think most people that may have not even that, that knew nothing about you for coming back, that might have been interested that aren't on Twitter every day or whatever, have no idea that existed until this, the thing with frost blew up. And then by then they watched that and probably said, well, if I was going to tune in before, I definitely am not now. 
And I, I think that turned a lot of people off, to be quite frank. And then anybody that was given it a chance, I think it, it, it kept diminishing and diminishing the people that were doing that. It makes it difficult when you don't have something that says, okay, this is our goal. This is our what we're doing. And it feels like you're just doing everything else that we already see IGN and kind of funny and all these other places doing, except for, hey, we brought Adam Susser back. And hey, we have some YouTubers you might know. And oh, yeah, there's a report going around that they paid guests like $25,000, $30,000 a day to show up there. Uh, I mean, that's freaking ridiculously expensive. Uh, I mean, I guess they didn't have that many guests, but it's still crazy that you're paying people that much to show up there. I, I don't know. It is. It sucks. It sucks that people learned about losing their job on Twitter. Thanks to Wario 64, all people, you know, it's like Comcast didn't even have the decency to like send everybody an email or call some folks and say, Hey, why don't you tell somebody, the staff that I'm sorry, but the, the channel's closing. And yeah, it's just not a great, not a great way for that to end at all. I mean, you kind of saw the writing on the wall when they were letting staffers go a few weeks ago. But man, that feels like super fast that they just edited it like that. Well, and I think the biggest problem in addition to no advertising was they didn't have anything to set themselves apart from, like you said, anything you can get on IGN, YouTube, anything else. They needed to have different programming than what you can get on YouTube. Be that some type of tournament with a prize at the end for different people, uh, some type of, I mean, you can get it on you on YouTube, but maybe dealing with some history of gaming stuff. But all they did was what you get on YouTube and Twitch and IGN day in and day out. There was nothing that really made people say, hey, I should watch this. Other than, right. oh, look, GeForce back. I remember that from when I, when I was younger and used to watch it, and then you watch it and nothing stands out. They needed something to stand out, and it didn't seem like they were even trying to do that. It just seemed like they were going to keep, they were banking on the personalities over the content. And if you have a personality that pisses off the majority of your target audience, you're not going to get people to watch it. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that same target audience that you upset are most of the target audience that are going to be watching this because it has to be somebody that's a hardcore gamer for the most part that's kind of living in this space already. It's not someone, I mean, it was going to be very hard for them to reach a casual audience. Well, and that's where uh, the content you know. comes. I mean, if they had done something, yeah, this is just off the top of my head, reality show like where they got a bunch of quote normal people that aren't really gamers, put them on a team together, trained up, and taught them how to play games, and then had them compete against other people in a tournament for a prize, that might have gotten some casual people watching because it's something different. That's something right. that you don't see anywhere. You don't see that on YouTube. You haven't seen that on any net other network. So that's something different and new, but they didn't even try anything like that. It was just, we're going to relaunch. We're going to have bank on nostalgia with old shows. And then we're going to bring on these personalities to play games. And that's basically it. I mean, they needed something else and they just didn't have it. Yeah. It's very different to adapt to something like YouTube and Twitch and not just bank on the fact that you're a brand and you have a channel because most people are not going to be watching it via a cable channel when some people are curve cutting these days as it is. So, you know, 
I mean, I just looked at like upping my package just because, you know, the NBA is coming back and I kind of wanted more access to ESPN and TNT and all that stuff. And I was like, $50 a month. I might as well pay a little bit extra and just get YouTube TV and keep cord cutting. So that's the thing. It's like, I already have, I already have internet with Comcast. I was thinking about, okay, well, what if I go and get a box and, and get cable again and it costs pretty much the same as getting one of these, you know, streaming things. So might as well just keep it the way it is. Again, uh, I hate it to see it for all these folks that lost their jobs. Um, as a, 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 you know, a, a big fan of like folks like Danny Pena uh, that was doing great work over there, seeing him like not be able to do that anymore. And I know a few folks that like they wanted to get to the point where they could work for G4 themselves if it had lasted long enough. And then it didn't even last long enough for there to be like really any new hires outside of the ones that were brought in at the initial part. So again, it's just uh, sad news that we keep getting with gaming media, gaming stuff uh, going down uh, right now. But moving on from that to another, uh, I guess, more gaming related topic. Although this is once again, a uh, internet craziness here with, um, Gotham Knights and it's uh, whether it runs at 60 FPS or 30 FPS or, you know, uh, a lot of people make it a big deal about the fact that it apparently is not going to run in 60 FPS. I wasn't going to get the game in the first place. I don't know if any of us here were, but I mean, I this is also a thing. Apparently, Plague Tale Requiem also uh, has this issue, at least on consoles. On PC, it doesn't. How do you guys feel about these are supposed to be what current gen games, right? Um, and they're they're running at a what's supposed to be considered, I guess, last gen now, frames per second. Well, I think the the technical reason is because it's an online game. You probably want to have more right. leeway for like network drops and stuff like that. And that right, that's it's a like a valid. constant. It's a yeah. constant online game. They want to have like no issues with the co op, right? Which makes sense. So yeah, if you're in some game and two other people have good internet and one other person doesn't, that's going to negatively impact all the games. So if they have right. lower requirements, sure. I mean, is this a big deal, Daniel? Like people are just making it seem like there is no way current gen games should be running at six at thirty. They have to run at sixty. I feel like the people that are saying this are the same ones that complained about the graphics in the G- in the GTA League. If the game's good, the game's going to be good. It, it's not going to matter at what FPS it's running as long as it's seamless. That's the big thing. And if this makes it seamless, then that's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is, okay, you wanted to have a performance mode. And I'll be honest, you know, as someone that has both a PS5 and a Series X, do I try to run everything in performance mode to get that 60 FPS? Yeah, sure I do. Have I gotten to games running like that? Yes. Can I notice the difference now because I've seen so many games running that much? Um, Yeah, I can. But let's be honest here. Most people that are going to pick up this game have not been sitting here on Twitter arguing about this all day. It's going to be people that are fans of Batman um, that find out that this game has co-op and they want to play with their friends, and they don't give a crap about whether it runs at 30 or 60 or whatever. Um, you know, let's that that's what this is focused on. Do you think that we'll get to a point in this generation where most big games like this will run at 60 and we don't have to worry about this? Or is this going to be a, you might as well get ready because you're going to have a lot more games running at 30? 
I'd rather a game run at a constant 30 than an uneven 60. Yeah, and I think as we get to fewer big online co-op games, like, I'm sure God of War is going to run at 60. I'm sure the bigger releases that are mainly single player are going to run at 60. But if you if you have an online co-op game, you're going to have to run it at a lower frame, frame rate just to make it constant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people that also complain have no idea how uh, game dev works. And then they're also expecting, you know, miracles to happen and blaming all kinds of things. Uh, you know, uh, had a weirdo game dev come out and start blaming the Series S and blame this and blame that and say that, you know, uh, because you have to have so many characters in the frame that that makes it to where you can't listen, regardless of what they're doing, would you rather it run well or you just want it to look to, to, oh, say I have the 60 frames because that doesn't make sense. If this was a totally offline game, like Daniel's saying, then sure, but you kind of need it to. to uh, work. I mean, let's be, if, if most people buy this game and then it constantly, screws up when you're playing with your friend and y'all don't live in the same place, you're going to want to return that, right? At the end of the day, that's what the experience is going to be, you know? So, yeah. I mean, like, do y'all have any thoughts on the game at all? I mean, as people that have enjoyed the Arkham series, like, well, it's not would you cons- that. <laughs> I know, I know it's not, but I'm saying and the spoiler, it is the Batman. Is pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can guess what's going to happen in the storyline of the game, but I mean, it looks like it'll be entertaining. I've always been a fan of the Tim Drake Robin and of Grace and Nightwing, so I'll probably check it out eventually just to see how it is and play through it. I don't know if I'll have a bunch of people to play it with because I'm not able to set aside certain times to play it along with everyone else, but as long as it's fun, I'll enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy seeing some of the characters on the in the game that you don't usually see and get to control. I mean, I think that's a cool thing. It's like you they actually decided to make a game where you're not playing as Batman. You're playing as other characters. You get to experience those characters. And uh, maybe it will be a much more well-received game than we're expecting. Um, I mean, there are other bigger games, you know, coming up around it which may take some of its spotlight but yeah I, I think this will be a whole lot about nothing and people will still be buying this game and uh very much like another topic we're going to talk about here it's going to wind up mattering very little as to what the general outlook of this game will be uh let's move on to i think a game that mark might care about a bit more uh being at a three helena taylor came out randomly uh, this is now, what, like two weeks before the game comes out and says that apparently she didn't get paid enough uh, and that that is why Jennifer Hale is now the voice of uh, Bayonetta for Bayonetta 3. She was apparently offered $4,000 for the whole thing, which apparently that is actually the going rate for her union. So it's not like she was lowballed or anything. It's that she felt she deserved more, which... You know, it is what it is. That's your choice. Uh, Jennifer Hale came out and elegantly said that, you know, she basically decided to take this offer and it has nothing to do. She has nothing against Elena or anything. Just 
hey, it's it's uh, another thing for her. And she, I mean, she has so many different voices on that she's done in her time. So, you know, I don't think we we know that the uh, voice work is going to be great. And like, what did you think about this, Mark, when you heard of it? People uh, then she urges people to boycott the game, which kind of seems counterproductive to what you should be doing as the voice actor. But she has a point, or yeah, I canceled my game, my pre-order. All right, well, fair enough. Like she 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 raises a bunch of points, and her her position isn't unfounded. But there are questions I I would ask her also, like what what was the payment for the previous games, or she doesn't do a lot of voice work. Like right, she last, hadn't worked since uh, what two thousand fourteen. Brothers, like Brawl yeah. or uh, the Wii, the Wii U one that was voicing Bayonetta, which probably wasn't a ton because she's not like a primary character, obviously. But she has no other roles essentially. Yeah, like a po- a, a voice actress I like. You know, she has thirty. I think like thirty four roles in twenty twenty two alone, and she voices like a lot of incidental characters in cartoons or games, but. Hey, it pays the bills. Right. I mean, but let's be fair. What you get, the royalties you get for cartoons and other yeah, media doing, is way better than gaming. She, she's doing games also, or, you know. Right. And, okay, why not do, why why can't Helena Taylor do game or do TV shows or cartoons? And but, that's her choice, right? We're not, that is interesting as to why she can't find, why she has decided not to do other voice gigs to kind of supplement that. I mean, she raises a good point about, should game gaming voice work should be better thought of and better paid. I think that goes for a lot of things in gaming period. I mean, uh, the same thing is a lot of people compared it to, uh, game journalism, as far as like you are on the bottom totem pole of what you get paid compared to other media. The same thing as your voice work in gaming is the, the lowest totem pole, um, when it comes to how it compares to movies and TV shows and, cartoons and and other anime and all that so yes but that's you know, why a lot of video game voice over people branch into anime or domestic cartoons or audiobooks or something right. she hasn't done, she hasn't done anything yeah i am well, and like do you think jennifer hell is getting four thousand dollars probably not <laughs> well but hey you know what they said we're gonna just go ahead and pay for somebody that has a bigger resume that is worth the money. We don't also know, is there some kind of dispute that they had and she made a big deal about it. And they said, oh, you know what? We're not going to deal with this drama. We're just going to go get somebody else. I mean, I find Hale too recognizable. Like I, I actually don't think she has a ton of voices personally. So like when I saw that trailer, they put out like a few weeks ago, I'm like, that's Jennifer Hale. And I even brought it right. that up to Yen's like two weeks, three weeks ago. And he was like, I don't, his position is like, I don't care. I'm, I, don't, I play the game in Japanese. And I'm like, well, right. people aren't crazy. Like, yeah. no, there that. are a lot of people that play the game in Japanese. Let's not. Yes, play they're called Japanese that. people. No, but there's <laughs> a lot of English folks that are uh, the same reason why they don't watch dub anime. They don't like uh, having the non-Japanese voices when there's Japanese voices. Um, it's not the majority, but there are people that do. Um, <laughs> That's like saying I'm going to play Assassin's Creed two in Italian because. That's where the game takes place. It's like, no, you're you're just being pedantic and a jackass. Please stop. 
Well, my thing is, if the $4,000 is a union's going rate, why is she complaining about the company instead of complaining about the union that doesn't prioritize those roles? Because if, if the company's following the union scale, then the union should be the one that's being blamed for not charging more for these type of roles. I mean, it's I get wanting to make more money, but that's part of the issue when you're in a union you get whatever salary the union has negotiated, and that's generally it. Right. It's you very have to rare wonder they're going to go over what the union's what the union contract asks. For. You have to wonder how bad her initial because if you said like that was the four thousand was the final offer, it's like how bad were the initial ones then? Well, it's I mean, it does, based it, on how many voices she's done. Well, it's voices, but then it's also like hours because you know, I you know I doubt. It, yeah, it's Sutherland. done by the amount of time that she's going to be in the booth. Yeah. Or the amount of dialogue, the amount of words, right? So I'm, I'm sure when uh, you know, Kiefer Sutherland knocked out his role in Metal Solid Five, is you know, Solid Snake, he, could, he did that in like a, an hour and a half or something, you know, like yeah. voicing Bayonetta or like Chris Pratt as Mario in the movie, probably a little more involved. I guess my takeaway is we don't have the facts to really make a decision one way or the other. Uh, you got one person complaint blaming business well, for it but we don't know the other side we don't know what the initial it, offers were what the union contract calls for how much how many lines of dialogue they're going to be how long the recording session was going to take i mean we don't know any of this you can't really make a judgment based on that although you can't say that uh what platinum did lie about like the initial reason she was not like not in the game with like scheduling conflicts it's like what's her schedule you know, like, well, unless yeah. they said, unless they said that to not make, I mean, what sounds worse? She had a scheduling conflict or she wanted more money than what we are willing to pay her for the role. Yeah. But then look how it blew up in their face. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah. if you don't expect the person to go scorched earth, then. And I also mean, like yeah. the, the secondary voice actress in that game also wasn't, was an ass back. And she is like a very mainstay voice actress or. She does like fifty rolls a, a year or something. So, right. Um, it's interesting that also you know, Camilla um, uh, from Platinum just it didn't really ever straight. I mean, he said, "Oh well, kind of like you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're you're getting upset about thing, you know, about something that you don't you don't really know the reason for." But instead of kind of just setting the record straight, maybe he's under an NDA or something where he can't really talk about it, which that's what Jennifer Hale said. She can't really talk about exactly what went on. She kind of decided to give her statement and and that's it to defend herself because that's the thing where I, I was kind of on her side until she kind of just threw, the, threw Jennifer Hale under the bus. It's like, that's not really necessary. She probably had nothing to do with why you didn't, why you were lowballed, why... Or not lowball, but why you know you got the union rate and you didn't get, you know what you thought you deserved, or it kind well, of it, messes up your stance of trying to promote like VA is getting paid more. If Hale's such a like, because there are people that are saying like, oh Hale isn't like a scab or she's like a good person, and but it's like, okay, why why wouldn't you call Helena Taylor in the first place and ask like why aren't you coming back? Like personally, how do we know she didn't do that though? Well, she would have said it. She would. She did in that NDA or not, or that wouldn't be part well, of an NDA. <laughs> well, she does. I mean, I don't think she would have taken the role if she didn't talk to her. But that's the thing: if she starts spreading 
rumors or saying on her own, well, I talked to her and she told me why and whatever that, that can make the NDA become an issue, right? We don't exactly know what she signed and what she didn't. She's just trying to not even add any more fuel to the fire by, by speaking for Helena, because then that causes a problem on its own. You know, the last thing you want is for her to make another video firing back at her. And then the entire perception of this game, at least online, is not great. I mean, the funniest thing is this whole boycott uh, actually just led to more sales of the game. So uh, good job, everybody, for saying you're going to boycott. And then the first thing that happens is it's like the highest it's sold out in like four different regions. People, then you get the people that they're going to buy the game anyway. And listen, I'm all for that, but I don't think anybody donated to charity, which is what she was supposedly saying that she wanted people to do instead of spending money on the game. But quite honestly, the devs are a much bigger part of the game than whatever the voice actress is. And I don't think it's fair to hurt the devs uh, over this controversy, non-controversy thing. Whatever reason you decided to cancel your pre-order, Mark, that's fine. I didn't pre-order, but I'm probably going to pick it up because uh, I want to play the game, and that's cool. Whatever. I mean, do you want to give a reason as to why? Is it because of the? Yes, but it why? wasn't. Well, it actually, wasn't her video. Like, like I said, I, I knew about this like two or three weeks ago, and that kind of soured me on it. And the whole, like, the whole, because if she just retired from the role, that's one thing. I mean, voice actors do retire or leave on their own, or right. sometimes not. But I mean. Yeah, I don't. Well, like I said, I don't particularly like Hale that much. So that kind of and the other voice actress, I do like quite a bit. And hearing her say like I got dumped from the game, also, it's like, well, way to show loyalty, I guess. All right, fair enough. I mean, that's what. Also, your I don't decision, entirely. Yeah. I don't entirely trust Platinum at this point, so. I don't blame you there either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like with they've done well with the Nintendo games. I mean, Astro Chain was a really good game, uh, so. Right now, I feel like with Nintendo's backing and everything, uh, also Nintendo should be um, somewhere uh, spoken about in these terms. And for the most part, it feels like they have been absent from it because, you know, it's Nintendo. I don't know if this will ever come out, whatever the actual truth is or whatever, but I think we should also put in perspective that Bayonetta is not this huge selling AAA franchise either. It's still a niche franchise. Uh, it doesn't have this huge-ass budget either. I mean, it has a, probably a bigger budget than whatever Sega gave it on the first game, but any closing thoughts you guys want to give on... the? I mean, like, do you guys think the game is is going to perform well as far as, I guess, reviews? or? I mean, if history bears out, it should. But like I said, Platinum has had a rougher go of it the past two years than previously thought like there used to be like a w- one good game one bad game type of studio and uh not anymore <laughs> i think to be fair to them that was also not entirely their fault um that's there's also square enix uh, involved in that too if we're referring to babylon's fall yeah but the uh, other, so, other square enix game was near automata so yeah I mean, that's what i'm saying though i think maybe that's and not i don't think totally. i don't think it was entirely square because Platinum was like, oh, we still want to make a live service game. And it's like, wh- why? You didn't lose enough money in the- this one? Like, I mean, because it's until proven otherwise, that's what makes money. 
Uh, well, uh, it's been proven otherwise. So, <laughs> but there are successful live service games, so somebody's gonna think that they yeah, can do it until the the ratio yeah. of you know uh, Valorant or crap like that or Fortnite yeah. is a tad smaller than the likes of Babylon's Fall or Final Fantasy: The First Soldier. <laughs> Yeah, but so. if you can show that you have experience in making those type of games or the infrastructure behind it, that might get you a better shot at making the next one. Because whether we like it or not, that seems to be where a lot of companies are going with franchises now. They want to try to get these games of service so that they can keep milking whatever franchise they're going to use as much as they can. Yeah, everybody and wants to have a battle pass. Everybody wants to have the next... Uh, you know, if they can't have the next big shooter, they're going to try to have the next Fall Guys or uh, Rocket League or something, you know. And until we find a different pivot, which hopefully happens soon, because uh, but that's the thing. Like, problem is that if you look at where everybody is making their money, these these big publishers, right, the big at least the big Western ones, it's in live service. So, or having a continuous multiplayer, or having something that you can keep just updating uh, to yes. kind of be able to fund those other things. But you just said Western Studios, not Eastern. Eastern Studios haven't done this, except for like Genshin Impact. Somebody's trying, right? They want to do 12 of those things. Uh, you'd imagine one of those has got a stick, right? Like, God, they cannot. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Microsoft is trying and not succeeding with Halo. Like um, I'm sure Destiny yeah. Three will be fine. That's probably yeah. that's probably their only yeah. sure bet at this point, point. Um, and that's a matter of diminishing returns. And even that, yeah, exactly. Like all I see is as many people that are kind of still playing it. There also seems to be a lot of people that are just kind of like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm getting to the end of the road with Destiny here. Uh, so there's that. But yeah, I it is what it is for this. Um, that being said, you did mention it. Square Enix had to shut down Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier. They also shut down one of those uh, mobile, like, pixel art ones. Uh, I think it's, like, the Brave... Not the... I don't know which one it is. They have, like, three of them. Uh, Brave Exvius and something else. And uh, they also kind of shut that down as well. So, like, what's weird is this didn't even last a year, the first soldier thing. The whole time they announced this, I was like, was anybody ever asking for this? It, I mean, I feel that way about most game development. <laughs> Games coming out. <laughs> no, but I'm just like, okay, the other Final Fantasy VII stuff that they've shown, okay, there's reasons, right? Okay, the mobile game that goes through like the whole series and kind of has the better graphics and, and all that kind of stuff. I can see why you're making that. Crisis Core, you can see why they're making that, right? Uh, but this, nobody asked for this. It, it felt like an offshoot of the Final Fantasy 15 multiplayer mode, which no one cared about then either. <laughs> right. Um, they wanted to have their own battle royale. Why not use Final Fantasy 7 for it? Um, I guess if there was one of the Final Fantasies you could have done this for, it was this. Oh um, man, it's Final Fantasy 4. <laughs> Yes, exactly. They should have they should have said screw it and made a uh, made like a uh, SSX SSX tricky game sequel with Final Fantasy VII characters instead. Get Cloud s snowboarding once again. 
what's crazy is like just a month ago they had introduced a season four trailer for it and like like oh okay i guess this has got to be doing well enough that they're still doing content for it and then apparently not i mean to be fair they do have half hesse 14 that is doing incredibly well so they can probably afford to kill this before just continuing to make more content if it wasn't on mobile i might have given it a try uh just uh you know, if they'd ever brought it to consoles or something, maybe. Sadly, uh, they never got to that point. Right. Yeah. But Square Enix, like we just thought that Babylon's Fall, they shut this down too. So um, I feel like Outer Worlds, uh, was it, what's the damn game? I can't think of it. Not Outer Worlds, not Outer Wilds. Uh, what's it called? The one that wasn't a live service game, but it, it's not, it has multiplayer. Uh, it was on Game Pass. And they I mean, had the expansion come out. Dang it! I know Daniel's probably thinking about it. I can't. I'm trying to think of it, but I Avengers? can't. Avengers? <laughs> no, no, not Avengers. The the other game that was like it was a new IP, and oh my god, I, I'm gonna think about it later when we're not talking about it. Uh, but that expansion came out, and I feel like nobody talked about it at all. So you know, this is uh, like I feel like you've seen more for the um, what should we call it the the Final Fantasy Strangers uh, Within the Paradise, oh. yeah, Stranger Paradise, getting an expansion than you have with with that um, Outriders. That's what it is. So, yeah, uh, I mean Enix that's probably really next on the chopping yeah. block. <laughs> yeah, Screenings really hasn't had the best of times uh, right now when it comes to anything like that at all. So, oh wow, this thing is going nuts on me here. I love that's because when... it keep. They keep hitting the same stupid uh, drum, and it's like people don't want that or want that yeah. from you. So, exactly. But yep, Mar- uh, Daniel, this is interesting for me because you weren't here last week when we talked about more of it. But hopefully, they get a little break where we don't have to talk about it. But there's been more developments in the uh, Sony and Microsoft thing over the CMA and Activision, Blizzard, all that. Have you been paying attention to it at all, Daniel? With um, Yeah, I've what? been reading the news stories about it. I, I just, I find it really funny that a lot of the things Sony are complaining that Microsoft will do is the stuff that they've paid money to have other developers do. They just didn't own those developers. Uh, at least in the U.S., I don't see there being a major issue. And if it happens in the U.S. and Microsoft, uh, Microsoft's not going to shoot themselves in the foot and say, Call of Duty is Xbox exclusive. They're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. They're going to put it out on all consoles just to as many consoles and PC as they can just to get as much money as they can. Will Microsoft Xbox users maybe get multiplayer maps early? Maybe. But right now, Sony is, or I don't know if they still are, but for the last several years, Sony was paying for the PlayStation to get the multiplayer maps the new maps earlier than the Xbox. So, I mean, I just feel like it's not going to really affect anything one way or the other. I, I still see it go, everything going through in the U.S. And if it goes through and reaches approval in the U.S., I think it'll be paper, stamped through everywhere else at this point. Uh, Mark, after this, now the CMA has given their decision as far as like phase one and why they're going into a phase two, uh, pretty much saying that they don't necessarily believe that Microsoft will keep Call of Duty 
multi-platform because of the Bethesda deal, right? Where they have taken some of their games and made them exclusive. You know, yeah, but I mean, it was always going to get further. It was going to get looked at further anyway. And I'm sure Microsoft will sign something saying they only that they will not make it exclusive to Xbox and PC only. And then that'll solve all the issues. I mean, they're bit for all the stuff that they've made Microsoft exclusive. There's other stuff that has been out everywhere. I'm sure you guys talked about it. Minecraft is a good big example that Microsoft bought the studio, owned the game, but they still release it on every single every single thing that seems to come out. So I think uh Except for the PS five to that. <laughs> huh? Except for the PS five. <laughs> uh give it time. I honestly don't think there would be that much of a demand for it at this point. I feel like that that train's kind of slowed down and most people are playing it on PC if they still are really into it just for all the mods and everything but yeah i think I it'd know. be different if when they come out with these new games that are in the minecraft universe if they said oh there's no ps5 version then i think you would have a point but they don't you know they keep making all these these different uh you know, minecraft legends and all that stuff on ps5 and switch as well so what do you think about the whole oh well nintendo shouldn't factor into this because they make other kinds of games, so it shouldn't be proof that Sony doesn't necessarily need Call of Duty to to be number well, one. Well, like I mean, that's... Said, a, gone. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, that's technically a fair point to make. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's a fair thing to... It's a fair point to raise. I mean, I don't... I really don't think... If, if this sell goes through and Microsoft just says we're only going to release Call of Duty on the Xbox... I really don't think you're going to see people not buy a PS5 and buy an Xbox instead. The people that want a PS5 are still going to get the PS5. The people that wanted an Xbox are still going to get the Xbox. And the big factor, I think, is still going to be the availability of the console and what people can get. The only thing that it might hurt in the future is if there's a PS6. But again, if we have something similar to what we had this generation where both consoles were hard to get, most people were just getting whatever they could get. I mean, they wanted the new gen console. They were just getting whatever they could find, whatever they could order. I mean, I don't know of anybody that said, I'm going to get a PS5 because I want to play Modern Warfare on the PS5, and that's it. It's always, I want to play God of War. I want to play Last of Us. I want to play all the Sony exclusive games. They're not talking about playing multi-platform games on it as the main reason why they decide to buy that console. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's something to be said if they were to make an exclusive that it does change people's perception when you go to the PlayStation 6 because that's a whole new generation. If Microsoft can make a big deal about it in the marketing, right, and say, well, we got Call of Duty over here and Sony doesn't have that. I mean, that's if Call of Duty is still a big thing by then because, you know, you can't eventually get diminishing returns on a franchise that comes out pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you can say what you want about the sports franchises, but there's always that inherent thing of, well, it's another year. There's, there's players that are not in the one from last year that are in this year. So I want to get it. Whereas like Call of Duty, eventually they start feeling the same, even though they just change the paint on it or whatnot. So. 
I'm kind of in your boat as well, but I also kind of wonder, like, why doesn't Microsoft just come out and go, okay, we'll do that. I get, well, I guess I get why they're not, because they don't want to show their hand immediately. But I also, like, do you kind of understand their statement a little bit? Like, it does feel like they just took everything Jim Ryan said and go, well, we, we definitely can't damage PlayStation's number one spot in the market. Oh, my God. The end of the world would happen if PlayStation can't be number one. That's what it sounds like to me. That's not their job. Their job is to create competition for everybody. And wouldn't it be even a bigger deal if Sony has to now make a decision about what they're going to do because, oh, we might lose Call of Duty at some point. We can't rely on that. We have to really make sure these live service games that we're making hit because we have to have something to counteract Call of Duty. on Microsoft's end, but uh, you know, I do think it's interesting that you don't have all these other publishers coming out and just being like, "No, I don't want this to happen." No, I don't want this to happen. Um, you know, you're not having anybody really say that, aside from Sony. So, I feel like if it was really damaging to the industry, you'd have more people come out against it. And and I'll say this to be fair to Sony, they kind of have to say this just to. Yeah get whatever promises, legal promises that they can. I mean, I don't hold Sony at fault for saying this stuff, but I really don't think in the end it's going to, I don't think in the end it's going to matter beyond maybe getting a legal assurance that it will still come out throughout the PS5's life for the PS5 or something like that. Yeah, very, very much true. That That's exactly what he's angling for, right? That's... That's what Jim Ryan's been saying the whole time. Like this whole three year thing is not adequate for me. We need to do, we need to have more. Um, but that whole thing of like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to make it run worse or something like that. I just, I don't buy that at all. That doesn't help them because then again, people are not going to want to spend the $70 to buy call of duty. It is interesting that like they brought up the whole, um, well, we're more worried about what this happens in the cloud space because Microsoft's number one right now. Like what this does for Game Pass, like this will eventually, this will definitely make Game Pass the number one, comp- you know, the number one service. Like nobody will be able to compete with that. Yeah, I they could compete with it. It's just they make some very baffling decisions on their part about trying to put stuff on their version of it. Now, I yeah. think, uh, again, this is just Sony trying to get as much as they can in legal assurances to try to... I don't think they even really want to stop the merger. I think they just want to get whatever legal assurances they can before it is official. Yeah, I I don't know. I, just, I think if you're Sony, you don't want to stop it because I don't think Microsoft's going to look at that as a, oh... You're going to stop us from doing this? Oh, we're going to keep being nice. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to uh, start. Yeah. We're going to start seeing uh, very bad practices happening if we don't, if this gets blocked for some reason. It's, I don't think we want to go back to the whole. I, I really don't want to go back to that where it's like, let's blast about how this game's exclusive and that game and this game and that game and this game. And it's like, Oh my God, really? Like, I get this is kind of Sony's practice and everything, but I'd rather it kind of just be from Sony's side and not everybody's 
screaming to the high heavens about how this game and that game is exclusive yeah. to their console, like it was uh, in the Xbox One PS3 generation. It felt like so. Xbox the the less we can, abo- or well, three sixty, yeah, three sixty, <laughs> yeah, that's right, three sixty. Yeah. But yeah, it's just let's let's live in a world where that doesn't happen. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't really know, but it I do think also. Microsoft can very easily take them to court if they wanted to. Facebook just won something against the CMA as well that they tried to block. So I think that would be uh, very detrimental to the CMA and their standing if we got to the point where Microsoft took them to court over this thing and then they lose. So we'll see. Again, this is going to keep being a thing, hopefully not weekly. Because uh, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm kind of over it as well. You're you're exhausting the talking points on this. <laughs> yes, let's move on from that stuff. Um, hopefully for the a while here. But hey, more some actual maybe good news happening. And pretty much like a day after this, Konami is going to have a direct or their own version of a state of play or whatever, just for silent Hill, Mark. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for the only pachinko machine. <laughs> oh, come on. There's no way they're doing this event for a pachinko machine. You're right. It's going to be three pachinko machines. <laughs> I, I won't doubt that there is a pachinko machine involved perhaps, <laughs> but there's gotta be something like game related, right? Like silent yeah. Hill game is service. Mobile, yeah, game. multiplayer focused. Yeah, four <laughs> on one. One one player gets to be Pyramid Head, and you get to hunt down the Sound Hill survivors. Good luck seeing through the fog, <laughs> man. Uh, I hope it's the Sound Hill game that people have been waiting on. You know, dating sim. N- no, not the. How interesting <laughs> would that be, right? That's what I'm. I'm waiting on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, uh, think about that. You just date all the different monsters. The yeah, I mean, Silent Hill. It's like fire on them. So, that being said, I, no, I I think if this starts a good run for Konami where they're actually going to announce games and that they're returning back to game development, I'm all for that. They definitely have franchises, especially like, you know, Castlevania that Mark loves, uh, that if we could get more French, you know, more games in those franchises and Silent Hill, a lot of people have been waiting on. Uh, I know Randy's excited. Uh, also, there's a Resident Evil showcase the day after. Um, as well, so that's helpful in this whole revamping of horror game franchises that is happening. Uh, I, I mean, say, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if what we find out is there will be a new Silent Hill game, but it's going to be somebody licensing the name and somebody else developing it. Yeah, I think you know me to use it. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's that Blue Team big rumor that they're making a Silent Hill 2 remake. I guess that could be, you know, a thing as well. What do you think? What do you think we will see? Like, do you think it's going to be a new Silent Hill? Or do you think it's just a remake of an older Silent Hill? I mean, remake, remake, and announce somebody's working on a new game, but we don't have anything to show you at this time. Yeah, I, I definitely think they do have to announce that there is a new game being made by someone. Uh, so um, I'll go ahead and make my prediction. The show will start out by showing scenes from the Silent Hill Two remake. You'll get a quick blurb on somebody's making a new Silent Hill, but we don't have anything we can show you right now. And then you get three new pachinko machines. (laughs) 
and they spend 90% of the uh, direct on the pachinko machines. You forgot the, you forgot <laughs> the last part where they announced Silent Hill 3, the movie. Well, I joke, I thought about saying they were going to do a new movie, but I think they're going to just let that rest for now. I mean, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility here where everybody decide that they want to do some kind of show or movie. It's now, I could see a Silent Hill show being developed sooner than a movie, and I think it would fit. It would work a little bit better because you'd be able to tell a longer story in a show, break it up more. But uh, somehow, yeah. somehow, Lance Reddick gets cast in that as well. <laughs> he goes from Resident Evil show to the to the Silent Hill show. Yeah, as long as we don't let any of the people involved with like the actual creation of the Resident Evil show involved in this one i think we're <laughs> think we're good <laughs> the actors and actresses maybe but not not the uh, actual like writers and all that because you don't want to repeat of that but hey i'm all for this happening i, I could see like uh, yeah. an actual anthology or like a collection that would be cool i mean that guy goes down with what konami's been doing right doing collections right. like here's all here's yeah. all the games and now they actually all work up to you know, the Wii one, you're like, here you go. Come on, you know, asking for a collection to have all games working is asking too much. Yeah, well, especially yeah. Silent Hill, that Xbox 360 version wasn't great, and they never no. bothered to fix it. They would have to decide they want to just do a lot more than just port them over. They have to, like, remastering them and all that, which depends on how serious Konami is Yeah, on that. Uh, I mean, there were rumors that Sony might do a uh, showcase, but apparently due to the what's going on with the CMA thing, they don't want anything that might perhaps give Microsoft some kind of, hey, they just made that exclusive too. So, well, that's a, it's a rumor. Sony didn't outright say, hey, we, we delayed our showcase or anything, but it was a big rumor going around that there was supposed to be one uh, pretty soon here. It is around the time for that because after God of War, we really don't know what's happening, right? With with Sony, we kind of have some games that are there in development, but uh, and you know, I guess Miles Morales sitting PC before the end of the year too. But it's not like we just have this deluge of games that we know are coming from Sony's end. We'll get the Last of Us Part Two remaster. Oh God, please no! <laughs> please don't. We already have enough with the Horizon. Uh, re- there Dan, do you have any thoughts about that? The Horizon remaster, one remaster remake. Other than I'm not surprised, no. <laughs> it's yeah. I just want to make sure you didn't have any like burning thoughts about that. But yeah, I mean, what's what's next? We're gonna do Uncharted, the collection remaster as well. Uh, we just had the Lost Legacy collection come out on PC, so let's just remaster everything again. What else can we uh, discuss here? I should have mentioned this when we were still talking about the CMA thing, but Overwatch 2 has had more than 25 million players playing Overwatch in its first 10 days. That's 10 million more than the the folks that play the original game. I mean, it helps that it's free and you don't have to pay, but and it's still that's busted good. on my computer. <laughs> oh, you still having problems with the? Yeah, it still like refuses to launch correctly at all. Well, I think the high player count initially is because it is free. Let's see what it is two months from now. Yeah. Six months from now. See how many people stuck with it and how many people just downloaded it, played it, and said, okay, I'm done. 
Yeah, how many people bought the Battle Pass and kept going? Has a greater possibility now that you didn't buy the game, right? So if you want to support the, the See, I, I would actually like if they if they actually offered a, a choice between you know buying Overwatch two or the season like the free to play one, I'd actually probably buy it because I don't really like the season pass model that much. Uh, I've always been in favor of that. D- don't have this battle pass thing, but it's the way of the world now. So you want to play a multiplayer game, just get ready because there'll be a battle pass associated with it. Modern Warfare 2, going back to that, apparently that foam requirement thing's only going to be for PC players. So that's good, at least. If you're playing on console, you don't have to deal with that. Well, yeah, because it can easily, more easily bang you from a console or, you know, just bang your account. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you feel better about this now, Mark? That, you know, you're. You don't have I to mean, worry kind about... of, because I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to play it on the, con- on the PC. So I was like, all right, well, right. it doesn't affect me that much. I still think it's kind of lame, like, especially if you, like, have a history of playing those games cleanly before. But I, mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of, again, I kind of understand it. Uh, I don't know why they had to go to the whole point of making it like, oh, well, you can't even use uh, a prepaid phone, you know, because not everybody can afford to have T-Mobile or Verizon or whatever. I mean, there's people that just have these prepaid phones because it's cheaper for them. So you shouldn't exclude them from being able to play a big game like this. But at least it's the least it's a lesser amount of people that have to deal with this, but it still sucks for the PC players. You know, I wonder if there's people that were going to buy it on PC. that just said, nah, I'm not now. You know, maybe that's a big minority. It's a minority at the end of the day, but it still affects the people that could have bought that game. So that's a, yeah. In a not necessarily that surprising, considering how things have been going for Ubisoft at times, uh, you have great news. Like apparently, Mario Rabbids 2 Sparks of Hope uh, is getting awesome reviews. And then you get stuff like the Spinal Cell remake director is already gone. They completed his task. What more do you want? <laughs> David Gravel, the director of that Spinal Cell remake, has left Ubisoft there 11 years. Um, I mean, to be fair, that's a long time. Uh, you know, he, he did work on Ghost Recon Future Soldiers. He worked on Splinter Cell Blacklist, Assassin's Creed Unity, Far Cry 5, 4, 5, and 6. I mean, what what do you think? That game is cursed. <laughs> I keep on wanting it for so long, and then that's what you get. I feel like if they tried to make a new Splinter Cell now, it's just going to feel like Assassin's Creed, where stealth is important again, and less parkour. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they made a big deal about it, you know, almost a year ago now. Like, that... You know, this was happening, and what people wanted is... Yeah, they also uh, announced that Splinter Cell VR thing, though, and look how well that turned out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's another thing entirely, I feel like, with the Splinter Cell VR. So, it kind of sucks to see that... But, I mean, if, if there's any series that people have just been, like, clamoring for, it feels like from Ubisoft, like, you keep making Tom Clancy stuff, but it's not Splinter Cell... And then it's all garbage you don't care about, like that battle royale that got canned like two years yeah. ago. I mean, I feel like the problem with doing a new Splinter Cell is that stealth games just don't have they're just not big thing now that they used to be. I mean, it used right. to be every uh, Burger King had a stealth game back when it, they were really big, but <laughs> no, I mean, but you're, you're wrong. 
Burger King had the best stealth game. <laughs> the stealth, the stealth king, the <laughs> sneak king, sneak king. That's right. That's right. But I mean, like Assassin's Creed started moving away from making stealth a requirement in a lot of missions and everything. It's just right. I feel like people just don't. The majority of people, let me just say that because I know there are some people that love stealth games. The majority of people just are don't want stealth games. I mean, how yeah. many times did we hear? We used to hear people beg for a new thief game over and over. I want a new thief game. I want a new thief game. I want yeah. to sneak around. It was realistic, but they made a thief game and it wasn't good. So. Right, right, yeah. Like I mean, people people good. love the Dishonored games. Yeah, and I like Dishonored, like... but I got frustrated with. I mean, some of the stealth missions. If you don't do not play a game constantly every day, you lose. Yeah, you get rusty. On some of those, yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes it hard to advance in the game. It's the same reason why I don't play some of these uh, Elder Scrolls and games like that because I don't have the time to play it on a regular basis, day in, day out, and maintain the high level of ability to right. not die constantly. Uh, I think the I think that's the reason that a lot of stealth games just aren't getting made now. There's not as big of a market and. People just aren't. You have a large minority. Wanting I see, them, but I, I think your point is kind of valid. But I would, I would like hold up Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two as a good example, like of a dormant genre, and then it came back and people were like excited, and it actually did sell well. Like there right. hasn't been like a traditional stealth game for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if Konami, I bet if Konami made came, said they were announcing a new Metal Gear Solid, people would. No, they would. Yeah, Kojima's not there. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's different. if they did. If they got him back, that. then yes. Yeah. But that's the only way. Because like, look, look at Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> okay, but that was totally different, though. That was just trying to shoehorn a multiplayer in there, and that didn't work. So, like, I think they, yeah. they made like a big budget stealth game that was, could be like, look at Hitman. Like that does really well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not not my, not my type of game, but they've made three of them and they've kept going. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it, well, but Hitman is, yeah, that's a that's the one that is like really carrying the baton right now. Um, Which, it, it's always up for like game of the year when it comes out. I mean, hit, people loved Hitman Three, uh, the real, Goose Game, right? That also helped with that. So. There's, I feel like there's not this like overwhelm. It's not an overwhelming genre, right? But it's out there, and Splinter Cell could contribute to if it, you know, it's done well. I think a lot of people could be excited about like playing a stealth game again. I would, I would hope Splinter Cell does well if it ever does come out. But I think it depends how it comes out or like what the how it how it's built or like you know. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against it. I've played the original. I loved it. I just, I don't see that being, I see that being a hard game to make in today's market right now. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and how do you make it different and not just say, oh, we're bringing Black Sprinter Show and it's the uh, same game but looks better. Replace how the do voice you do something new with it? <laughs> yeah. Replace the voice actor. Yeah. Oh, speaking of old games, EA is following the same kind of trend that we've seen Ubisoft. Uh, doing where they're going to 
Um, take down the online services for some games that people aren't really playing that much anymore. Uh, Army of Two, the 40th day, Army of Two, the Devil's Cartel, uh, ceases in a few days. You get Mercenaries 2, uh, Command and Conquer Rattler 3, Command and Conquer 3 Tribune Wars. Uh, you get um, Onrush, Mirror's Edge, NBA Jam on Fire Edition. NBA, that NBA Jam is still really good. Gatling Gears and Shank 2, which is also a really good indie game. That ends uh, next year, uh, January 19th. Ah, the same day, I think, Stadia ends. I don't know these are big losses for anyone, particularly. Um, the, only, the only one, I mean, these are the console versions, so it's kind of, who cares? But, uh, yeah, Red and Alert, many of them are PS3, 360 also. Yeah, but like Red Alert 3, like that's a kind of a co-op game. Right. Uh, so that'd be kind of a bummer, but again, like the PC version, so it'll probably work fine. So, or NBA Jam, like it'd be nice if they brought that out again, or you know, here's a modern version. Uh, I would love for EA to like get to do that again, but uh, that those ones they brought out apparently didn't do well enough, and they're like, ah, not gonna worry about it. I don't think they were it's like good. really known, like you know. No, no, definitely. I think a lot of people, unless you just like love that series, like they should have obviously- been like Aaron. It should have been airing commercials for that thing during NBA games. Yeah. Like having players play like, oh, like, like this is my character in NBA Jam. Like I'm on fire or something like that. And Get a couple players and show them a commercial of them playing the game. Yeah. I mean, it feels like they they really could have factored in that and then said, hey, let's try to make this a big deal on the return. And then just. Nope. <laughs> nope. Like let it just sit there. And it it kind of sucks because like both. It and Blitz coming back would have been uh, amazing. Well, Blitz um, was always going to be handicapped, though. Yeah, you're oh, not yeah. going to get another Blitz with the concern about... Even the arcade one-up Blitz machine is fucked up, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Because they, they had to, like, make it a... They couldn't, it couldn't be what it once was because the NFL was now, like, paying attention to it and paying attention to the way it was perceived and... So, uh, which kind of sucks, but yeah, I, I still have cool memories of Blitz League, even. Though yeah, but that was that an, one. Yeah, that was like an unlicensed game, though. That was still a cool game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was if it was the closest you were going to get to like the old Blitz, and I love oh, yeah. that like bone crunching like stuff that would Ster- happen. Steroid yeah. shooting up, you know, yeah. all, all the all the hallmarks of an NFL game. <laughs> right. I'm sure Lawrence Taylor is probably like, oh, why did I get in that involved in that again? But um, money, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, definitely money. But I'm just saying, like, I think he kind of didn't like the way that it brought out the darker side right. of what he, how he used to be when he was a player. So, yeah. And the check's still cleared, so he's happy. Yeah, that, that's, that's the point, I guess. At the end of the day, is there anything else you guys want to bring up here before we get to what we're playing? Nope, not game related. <laughs> uh, okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. So you talked about, is there anything else you want to say about Invictus or? Uh, um, just, it's a lot of fun. It almost feels like it's two games in one that you're playing simultaneously once you get to space because you have to worry about what's happening on Earth and what's happening out in space. Uh, but uh, like what said, is it called again? Just for people that. Ter- uh, Terra Invicta. It's oh, currently on uh, early access on Steam. 
and it's a 4X game. It starts with aliens making, or the planet of Earth discovers aliens actually exist, and you get six or seven factions that each have their own approach to it, and you're competing with all the resources on Earth against the other factions to develop technology, to get to space, to colonize planets, and to stop the aliens if from if they're evil from doing accomplishing their mission. Uh, once you get into space, you're dealing with space combat and everything else, but you're still also having to worry about what's going on on Earth, even though you're in space. So it's it's almost like it's two games at once. Uh, what you're looking at now is basically what the Earth version is like, where you're trying to gain control of various planets, and then as you zoom out, you've got this section of space that you can deal with in the solar system, and you've got, you build your own vessels, you try to have battles in space with the aliens. Very, uh, those battles are very physics-driven. So, yeah. I mean, it's a fun game, and like it just, it almost feels like it's multiple games, or two games in one. Because you've got what's going on on Earth, and then you have what's going on out in space. But it's fun. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm just starting to scratch the surface of the space combat. But I'm looking is forward it, to it. Is it actually like detailed, the space combat? Or is it... Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's detailed. But I've seen... Uh, what I've seen people talk about is basically because of the way the physics work. And you're be- you're better off in any type of space combat, just having missile boats because the missiles can fire and home in, whereas you might not be able to get the this nice, neat battle set that you're seeing right now. You, it, those are kind of hard to get everything lined up to where your weapons get a good shot at the enemy vessels. Uh, missiles make it a little bit easier. Like I said, I've just yeah. gotten to the point where I'm just starting to scratch the surface of it, so I haven't had a lot of chances to play with it yet, but it is a fun game if you like 4X games. Uh, go check it out. doesn't have a real major uh, development staff or publisher behind it, but it's definitely good and it's worth checking out. Yeah, shout out to uh, Hooded Horse for sending us a, a code for Daniel to review there. And also, um, uh, for two years ago in the last EA, sitting down and letting us talk with the developer and yeah. giving some information firsthand. I think our video, I think the reviews of it are still up on the website if you want to go yeah. check it out mark or anything yeah i've been playing i play two things uh i checked out the warhammer forty thousand dark tide beta that happened over the weekend uh it sucked it sucked okay uh it didn't run well on my computer at all it looked like ass the i mean even if it played well like it's a it's a like do, like uh left for dead or like it's a it's a co-op shooter like four four team member shooter it's incredibly not clear about instructions or like where to go. Like I only played one mission because that's about all I could stomach for the game, honestly. And it was like you're going through this like forge because it got corrupted and you got to kill a bunch of you know chaos marines or whatever. And like the first part of it was like find the uh, holy like forge or like find something in this uh, building. So it started with us like coming out of an elevator into this, like, map that's basically like a big H. Like, just one hallway and then two kind of smaller hallways. 
And me and the other team members spent a good 15 minutes looking for this goddamn thing. Enemies would occasionally come out and like attack us, but not really. And then finally, some, one, one of us figured out, you had to go back in the elevator and like hit the, hit the action button. And it's like, why the fuck were we in this hallway then? Or why did, why did it dump us in here? If we had to <laughs> use the elevator to, to progress the mission, like we didn't hit, activate anything in the hallway. It is like, you have to find this item, but it's in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what, who, who did this? Or like, you know, what, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. And it has a whole bunch of like movement and stamina systems that are, like, aren't implemented well, uh, like sliding around. Like no one is doing that at all in the game or like, oh, you yeah. can get good get behind cover. And I'm like, uh, okay. Or I could just not. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you don't need to get behind cover. It's no, just... we yeah, we all did a run out of ammo at one point though, and it's like this is a it's like all right, well we, we all got shovels, so I guess we'll just use this crap. <laughs> but yeah, I played around, and that was enough for me. So yeah, uh, the other game I'm playing is something called Astragos: Curse of the Stars. Ah, it's like I've heard it's of that. like if Dark Souls and Immortals: Phoenix Rising had a baby. Mm-hmm. Like you're like the Heroine looks just like from Immortals Phoenix Rising. Like, plucky, young, Greek-slash-Roman character, or, like, mythical character. It has a lot of Dark Souls combat, but it's not, like, stupid hard. Like, I don't don't think I've actually died once in the game. It's fun, or it's okay. It's not that challenging, but it's fine. The funny thing is, you only have six weapons. They're, like, weapon archetypes. Like, sword and shield, spear, magic staff. And the game kind of tells you, like, oh, you're supposed to, like, uh, experiment with these. But it's like, well, I mean, I might, but the inventory for this stuff is, like, pretty bad. So I'm just going to stick with the daggers, because that seems to work pretty well against everything. <laughs> so, I mean, do you... So you're saying the Dark Souls combat's not hard, which that's right. good. Uh, like, it has and... a stamina system for, like, rolling and dodging, but not for attacking. And it seems to actually... And you have, like, special attacks, kind of. You can use two weapons at once, or two weapons, like, you alternate between weapons. It's a, like, uh, open world or whatever, like Immortals? Or? Yeah, kind of. Like, it's kind of, it is more like like uh, Dark Souls, like the first one, maybe. Like, you have, like, a hub area, and then you can kind of go to, like, different spokes along it. Like, oh, now I'm in this, like, one town, or, like, one area, compared set different from somewhere else. Yeah, because I was hearing like another podcast talk about this and it's interesting because they mentioned the Immortals Phoenix rising a game that I liked a lot. And then, yeah, you know, I, they said dark souls. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then hearing you say, it's, it's like not, it's yeah. real easy. I mean, yeah. Like I, 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 the first boss, I was like, Oh, I expected to die on this guy a few times. And Nope. Oh, I think I died once technically, but it was like, a, I think it was like a scripted thing or like I was meant to, but I still got the boss on like three fourths health. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I mean, that's good that you're enjoying it, at least. That's yeah, positive. Yep, it's all right, at least so far. Well, uh, anything else you want to... Are you going to talk about media stuff now? Because that's, that's the big thing I did over the weekend. <laughs> oh, uh, let me, I guess, get through my gaming yeah, through game. thoughts on, <laughs> on Scorn. Um, I not love... Enough. Yeah. Not enough like penises? I, <laughs> Not that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's the, uh, of course, Marcus of Friends, if you see any kind of like trailer for it, they definitely show you that there's pretty much like a penis bump in the game or whatever. But um, 
No, I love the atmosphere of it. I love the art style uh, that HR Giger Geiger uh, art style is pretty amazing. Like, and it's like everywhere throughout this game, which is also incredibly impressive. Um, that it like it feels like you are in that world, um, and every aspect of that. I just kind of thought that it was going to be much more about shooting and exploring than it is about the puzzles. And also the exploring is kind of like, it's almost um, adventure game-ish, as in you don't get anybody telling you where to go. You kind of have to just like figure it out. But then you get to the puzzle and it's like, now you really got to figure this out. Man, you know, it took me a while on the first one to figure out what you're supposed to do. And I don't know, I was just, I wasn't expecting a game where I would have to just say, okay, if I want to beat this, I'm going to just get a guide and kind of go through it. Because I do really like, like I said, I like that atmosphere a lot. I like exploring in it. I like being in that world. But I don't know if it's one of those where I want to just sit there and stare at a guy to get through this, know where I'm going and try to beat the game. You want to hear the bummer thing about the reviews I've read? Yeah. It's like the puzzles are the be- the better part of that game. Oh, really? C- combat is the one that. Oh, yeah. The combat on. apparently is mm-hmm. not, um, because there's no rectical right to aim. You're just kind of shooting, and yeah, that's not great either. But that being said, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's perfect for Game Pass, right? Like I think if I read all all those reviews or just from what I played, if I would have paid money for it i kind of would have been disappointed um but being on game pass it lets me be like oh you know what i think i'm gonna give it a few more shots and and go for it and you know maybe if it's one of those where i'm not really got a lot to play i can decide okay you know what, i'm just gonna go through this game and um so like i said i think they did a great job of actually paying homage to to giger there but I, I think there's parts of the game that definitely could use some improvement. All right. Uh, yeah, I know you're eager to talk about this uh, media stuff here. Yep. Mark, so go ahead, sir. Yeah, so Sunday I went to the uh, Motor City Comic Con, uh, which I guess is like the big one in my state. And I, I'm i putting in two links into the private chat for you. And I got some like stuff signed, and I met some people. The two notable, or the two big ones were... Uh, I met Christopher Sabat, who is oh, like that's awesome. ah. the the voiceover guy, or like well, you know one of the big ones. <laughs> he right, like voice, uh, voice, Vegeta. voice of Vegeta. Yeah, I think he's like Might guy in My Hero Academia. Uh, yes, he is. Uh huh. I think he's a, one of the big guys in Black Clover. Also, I think he's like not the main character, but like the second main character. So yeah, I got my Dragon Ball Super box set signed by him. Uh, oh, that's awesome. that was cool. Yeah, you can see the video if you want to play that for a second. Yeah, I, I was trying to put the link up there for a second. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, there he is with me. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice guy. Or, yeah, he talked to people. And he didn't mind being filmed, which is nice. Because the other people I got, I met did. <laughs> like they, Was they, it like they know. wanted to charge you, or they just didn't well, want to? Well, they had, like, photo ops. So you had to, like, which were, like, a mess also. But, yeah, yeah he, he was cool. But the more important one for us is the next video. Because the other uh, other three people I met, and I couldn't meet the fourth one unfortunately, because he was a huge slacker. But I met, uh, <laughs> and I got got the signed uh, a, my Doctor Who box set 
by Alex Kingston, Karen Gillan, and Matt Smith. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. And you check the video, and you can see, like, there's Arthur Darville. He's the one I couldn't get signed. And it's just quick yeah. clips of the, the, the people, because I was trying to, like, stealthily stealthily get it, you know, see it. Or yeah. see him for a second. And, like, she's the worst. Karen's, like, the worst, because I had, like, fun, like, way back, so I zoomed in, like, crazy. And it looks yeah. terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, I can see the long distance that you're having to. Yeah. Like she's like she, but yeah, that's all really nice. And I met them all, or except for Arthur, Arthur, because I think he had like leave early. It was also very poorly managed, or like time wise. But right, yeah, it was it was a very cool event. (laughs) Ah, I mean, there's your signature there from Mr. Sabat. Yep. And yeah, uh, uh, on the left is Matt Smith, on the right is Karen, and on the bottom is Alex. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, they had some other people there, like Alice Cooper, uh, some other, one other Dragon Ball actor. And they had, like, they had Booker T there, which I thought was funny. Booker T, yeah. I told my uh, friend he's a much bigger wrestling fan than I am, but he didn't want to spend any money. But I said to him, he should have got, he should have got Booker T to autograph something and have him sign up price check on Jackass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that Matt Smith is super popular now with, uh, oh, he, that. yeah, he was the most expensive. He was like 120 for like the premium autograph. Yeah. And he had like six different groups of autographs to, sh- you know, I bet. and it was like, a, it was kind of a madhouse. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, him being a house of dragon has probably made him super popular at this point. Yeah. I'm sure like next, oh. like next year it'll be like double. Cause you know, for sure. Yeah. It was pretty cool all around. <laughs> Oh, that's powerful. awesome that you got to go mm-hmm. and you know we got some some video and pictures there. Yeah. Um I don't know what y'all want to talk about media wise. Uh She Hulk was terrible. I I disagree there with you that it's, it's Yeah, but you're wrong. So it's fine. <laughs> I know I think it I think it had some good individual moments, but as an overarching story, yeah. I think it failed very Ethically? badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I from, mean, from, from like, oh, go on. Well, just from the writers saying, so from the beginning, they build this as a Marvel legal sitcom, and the writers had no problem and constantly talked about how they had no idea about the courtroom scenes, how to write them. They didn't bring in any lawyers to consult or anything else. They just wrote it. We and did. We, we, we watched we, Law and Order. We know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just the story was bad it it honestly felt like we're gonna throw a bunch of random moments up against the wall and hope that that's enough to get people interested in the show and get them watching it there the story just was not good overall that that's my problem and like the whole kevin thing it's like okay that's a i guess like a somewhat funny gag but as like the conclusion of the show or the season like it's no conclusion no not at all like uh, the, a problem with the show is like Titania, uh, Jamila Jamil. She's like, doesn't have a character. You don't even know her name or like no backstory at all. Except for like she punches through walls occasionally. That like, that's yeah. it. Well, yeah. And I think it was supposed to be, she's obsessed with She-Hulk, but didn't come across at all. She got leveled in one punch in the first fight, right? In the courtroom. Yeah. And then right. in the second fight, she falls on her face her, breaks her own teeth and runs away. Right. 
So it's like, how much of a threat is she? Yeah. And like the whole intelligentsia thing, it's, it felt like very half-baked. So I, I don't mind. Like, I think the actors are fine for the most part, even though like half of them don't, didn't, like weren't there for most of the show. But I think as a show, like it's, I would say it's the worst Marvel show. Yeah. Damn. And it's a I, bummer because I really like Marklin Baker. He was pretty good as her dad. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it had some good moments, but it just felt like there was no overall Co- story. Yeah, there's no cohesion or, yeah, no overall plot. And then going, like, I saw an interview with, like, the creator, and they're going, like, oh, we anticipated the trolls, like, hating the show. And it's like, why didn't you just make a good show in the first place? Or, yeah, you know, I think yeah, I think as a character, I thought She-Hulk was... But that's the thing. It's like it is much more about She-Hulk than it is about anybody else. Yes, you don't get any kind of uh, development between anybody but She-Hulk, basically. Um, well, I get that. But I thought they did. Sh- I thought she does She-Hulk really well. Um, both parts of it, whether it's Jen Walters or She-Hulk. Um, I think they do a great job of really telling you about some of the issues that women face in just, you know, these kind of settings. It's a comedy also. Like, let's not forget about that. But, it's okay, not, if it's a comedy, why isn't it yeah, funny? You guys didn't think it was funny. I laughed at quite many parts of watching these episodes. Like, I watched it with other people that are not these huge Marvel fans, and they laughed as well. Well, so, who is the show designed for? Or who is it? Like, it... it the sh- the show should have been written for its target audience, not for the not for the writers themselves. Well, and if you laugh once a show, does that really make it a comedy? Yeah, I would say I maybe got like one laugh a show. Yeah, and but it's like that's yeah, that's not great, or that's not a good batting average for a, a show that's built as a sitcom, a comedy sitcom. I mean, that's the thing. If they had built it more as a I think the problem is they tried to address a bunch of issues, again, throwing stuff up against the wall. They try to address a bunch of issues, and they veer from trying to be serious about it to comedy. And it just made nothing seem important. It seemed like there were no stakes to hardly anything because, I mean, they try to build something as important, and then they make a joke about it, and then they drop the issue. They had the whole like blood thing. It's like, oh, that this was the main plot point for three episodes, and then it's thrown away at the end. Yeah, like the yeah, show should have right. been either like a, an actual serious show, like uh, Scarlet or WandaVision or Captain uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, or should have just been super campy. Yeah, but it played this middle line that didn't please anyone. I wouldn't say it didn't please anyone. There's, I liked it. There's funny people that did like it. I don't think it's like this absolute terrible show. There have been worse shows. Uh, than I mean, this. like, what, which what which of the worst Disney shows has there been? Are we the Marvel shows? Not Marvel Disney, because you could say oh, I watch a lot of Disney shows. So I no, can't I meant tell like Dis- well, like, Disney plus Marvel, like you know, yeah. WandaVision, Loki, Captain, or uh, Miss Marvel, like. I think yeah, they're so all say, kind of in the... I mean, I think Loki's up there as one of the best ones. Like You can say, like, oh, the Inhuman show on ABC was a terrible show. Where well, but that's, I don't count on, that, because I'm talking about since Disney Plus has been around. Yeah. I just kind of think that they're all in the same sort of smorgasbord, other than 
Loki really stands out as a great, great show. WandaVision had its parts where it lacked as well. Like, it's not like it was perfect. Yes, um, but I think WandaVision was able to, like, they had a plan. Like, yeah. going well, they definitely did have a plan. No. Um, you, you can say, like, parts of WandaVision did drag, and I was like, yes, but yeah. also, like, the aesthetic of the show is interesting, or like well, there's a central the mystery is, like, that they addressed at the end. The <laughs> thing is with She-Hulk, it's like it's really a progression of her. That's all. It, the problem is that it's all about her. That's it. The, that's the only. Is, that's the main issue, and I totally get you guys with that. I didn't. I've never said that there was this great character writing for everybody else in the show. No, there wasn't. Like literally, it's. If you don't like Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk in this show, you're not going to even care about the show at all because that's it. There's no reason to watch the show outside of her. Uh, see, and I then bringing she, in Cameo. Yeah. I don't think she did bad. I think there yeah, just was like, not a good story for her to do. I mean, you talk I, about the it was her progression. She really regressed during the show. She starts out as being able to control everything, being on top of everything. And then she just regresses and more. But more that's stuff the goes point, wrong. though, that she has a mo. She has times where she does lose control. But then, like it's these moments that are supposed to be impactful and serious are thrown away with random jokes about it, and there's no consequences to it. It's just like, yeah. well, oh look, it's hard for her to be She Hulk and date. It's hard for her to date. Period, because she feels like she's got these two personalities. Right. And the whole thing is thrown away with a random joke about how bad all the people that she met online dating is. Yeah, I, it just—it feels like the the progression that pe- I see where they wanted. I see what they were going for, but I feel like it didn't stick the landing, and it just—all the it definitely were wiped does away. Have it peaked at the end? It peaks at the end with Daredevil showing up, and then I liked that last episode a lot. You guys didn't. That's fine. But I think that's, it feels like it's setting up. See, like, that's the thing is like the other ones feel like they were setting up much bigger things, right? Whereas this just feels like we're setting up this one character for something that we have no idea when we're going to get something else for this down the line. Whereas like all these other shows outside of Moon Knight, which we don't know when Moon Knight's going to really show up again, uh, WandaVision was directly setting up. Strange, uh, Doctor Strange 2, uh, Miss Marvel, which I liked a lot, that also had a lot of people that didn't like it, apparently. Um, it, it had, I mean, I haven't watched yeah. it, but it actually had like good ratings or good reviews, right? Like across yeah, the, the board. Yeah, I watched parts of Miss Marvel, I still have to go back and watch it. My thing was, it was definitely made for the target audience, were younger than me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I could see where that would appeal to. Them. I I could see where stuff, some stuff was good, some stuff wasn't. It definitely in felt the, like uh, something like you could watch on the Disney of, Channel. Yeah, I mean, I watched three yeah. episodes, and I'm not saying it was bad. It just wasn't my target show. But I still think that was better than Cheetle, or at least the first three episodes I saw. Now, I feel like, and again, talking about the last episode, I feel like there were good scenes in the last episode. I, there were things I liked about it. I liked seeing in it. There were other things, that, but overall, I just felt like as a whole, the individual parts did not work in a satisfying resolution. 
The only moment I laughed in the last episode was when uh, Titania says, like, hi, Daredevil, and he showed up. And that was kind of like, just because I heard delivery. But yeah, it's like, right. that's not a joke, really. It's just... Yeah. I mean, I chuckled a little bit at the family scene with Daredevil there. Or I, I laughed at that also, yeah. but just because of the terrible CGI for the, the Hulk son. Or... Well, yeah, yeah, that was Oh, I wasn't bad. even going to talk about that. I was just going to go with just the interaction... With like the family members and Matt Murdock there, that was humorous. Yeah. But and then, oh hey, we're going to introduce this one character in five seconds, and that's yeah, it. that was just kind of like, really, why? <laughs> just so we can kind of have the, I guess, continuation to whenever we're going to do was it World War Hulk? Like, yeah, maybe that's what yeah. this was meant to set up. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, and whenever I, I guess that's coming next year at some point. Well, and see, two, like I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing She-Hulk show up in the Daredevil show, right? Oh, well, I mean, definitely. I'm. I'm I don't sure have a problem means... with the. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the character. I just think the show as a whole did not work. There are individual parts I can point to that work, but just as a whole, I feel like it was not very satisfying. I don't feel like it was very good. It almost felt like a bunch of SNL skits thrown together, and they said, "Okay, this is the show." <laughs> Yeah, it it does feel set up to where like, oh well, we can kind of just bring in whoever to cameo in this. I do agree with you that, and and I think Mark brought it up. It's they talked about apparently there's not like a lot of people that because you know the amount of Law and Order law type shows that are non-existent, there's not a lot of people that know how to write courtroom scenes anymore. So that was sort of a yeah, yeah, believe me, they're writing the show in LA. They could hire an entertainment. They could hire a lawyer. Yeah, to look at it, give it a quick like. They were only in a courtroom twice in the show. Yeah, like three times. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. three times. I mean, it just felt like uh, again, it just it was supposed to be a sitcom, legal drama, comedy. Yeah, there's not a so, lot of legal stuff in well, it. Well, so like, sure. let's. Uh, when I hear that, I think of the one that comes to mind is Ally McBeal. Yeah, that's right. that what they always said is they compared it to that. Or like, we're making our superhero version of Ally McBeal. And it's like, yes, but Ally McBeal had side characters that you knew the names of and that were in every episode. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I see what they were going for. I just don't think they succeeded overall. Yeah. All right. Well, but, I mean, yeah. I was going to say, Star Trek Prodigy is coming back soon, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> and that Star Trek Picard trailer looks hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful for it, but I was hopeful for season two of Picard and that kind of... No, I know it's going to be an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared that it is, but I have to provide... I have to hope that the person that's doing this season did not do one and two, so... No, he did two. <laughs> oh, he did? Well, yeah. then... Crap. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Yep. So, the, so that means the first episode will be really good and give you a lot of hope for the rest, and then they'll just be shattered as it goes on. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, at least Lower Decks had a couple has had a few good episodes. Uh, I'll go okay. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, and I had a DFN episode. That's about it. Uh, returning to Deep Space Nine was fun. Yeah. Um. I I have not watched. Yeah, you're uh, not a Star Trek guy. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't comment on that. I haven't watched the last two episodes of House of Dragons to really be to comment on, but apparently those have been the two crazy ones, so I'll have to definitely 
get to that. But from what I have seen, they have really knocked it out of the park with this show. Um, they have completely, like, all the people that I feel like were very hesitant about Game of Thrones having anything when it first started. I think everybody is all in uh, again. And that's a testament to, to everybody that, you know, it's a testament to everybody that was involved in this. And, like, I wasn't too sure because I was not a big fan of the the way the Game of Thrones ended. And I, I, as many people were. Was anyone? <laughs> uh, there were some people that were clamoring that well, we nobody just, you just don't understand and all this stuff. And it's like, listen, it's very obvious those people were tired of this show. It's supposed to last two more years. And they just, they didn't want to do it anymore because they thought they were going to do Star Wars. And then Disney was like, ah, screw that. Well, I think um, a lot of the actors were trying to get out or done with the show as well. So they yeah, that's they kind of had to end it or you would have had a completely different looking. Uh, that's what's happening on, on this yeah. one now, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. no, they're just time jumping so they can set Because yeah. there's supposed to be at least like four seasons of this. So they got to time jump faster Yeah, to kind of get to where you're getting the main actors that are going to be around for most of the show. Um. But yeah, it gives me a lot of faith in uh, whenever they do the Jon Snow show and everything that they're going to do that right as well. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this finale that's going to happen uh, next week, and uh, we'll see how they're going to end it so far, uh, at least for that season one. Uh, real quick, just to go back to Marvel, Werewolf by Midnight was awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but good things. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard good it. things as well. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's I want to say it's only like an hour long. It's not even a full length movie, but it's I good. Know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's supposed to take place in the MC in the cinematic universe. I didn't really see a ton that connects it, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. it good Halloween horror episode. That's cool. some, uh, it's some Marvel rumor that they're trying to get Robert Downey Jr. back for the other two Avengers movies. I mean, doesn't one of them, like, in the comics, it involves the old Avengers, so they kind of have to, right? I mean, Well, it's involving Kang. He's a, he's a big time traveler, so, yeah. you know. But isn't there a part where, like, the old Avengers, like, sh- show up against the new ones? Maybe, so that would, you know. yeah. Well, there was Secret yeah. Avengers where you had doppelgangers of yeah evil versions yeah yeah they yeah. were really scrolls but you nobody knew who they were uh i mean you could have them show up for that uh honestly i'd be happy to just have them show up as an ai right yeah it would be cool just to see him again and it fits the character uh have you been i i still need like now that she hulk's done and now the house of dragon's gonna be done i'm probably gonna actually sit down and try to watch andor yeah that's my take i've I wanted to wait till I just wanted to watch through all the episodes and I'll probably uh, go through it. From what I've seen, it apparently gets better as it keeps going. So that's good because yeah, that first episode has not made me like want to go back and go back to it again. But every time a new episode comes out, I keep hearing better things about it. So that's a positive. Archer uh, just ended its uh, 13th season. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, well, that's good. Got more? Uh, yeah, I think they are. They are going to have at least fifteen seasons right now. Everybody's under contract. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was like eight episodes in the season, so 
it wasn't a ton, but it was still fun to see the characters and watch Archer figure out how to deal with the loss of his mother. That's always a show that I've like somebody, you know, I've always said I'm going to watch. I think I watched like the first season at one point and then I never went back to it again. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, did y'all see about the whole cartoon network studios apparently got shut down or they, they got merged with something else, right? Yeah, like WB, like yeah, animation, like whatever. Yeah, oh, I mean, it sounds like Cartoon Network's kind of done. <laughs> but that that's a good example of why streaming doesn't work because like people had those TV shows on Amazon Prime or Amazon Video that they bought and they got yanked from their account. Yeah, I mean that's it sucks that like it seems like that's mostly what WB is targeting or not WB uh, Discovery is targeting. It's like, let's go kill all the cartoon shows. It's like, damn, really? Uh, like, I guess more people should have been watching them because that's all that they seem to be shuttering is the cartoon shows and I guess some of the HBO Max original stuff that wasn't doing well. But this yeah, merger have, doesn't seem to have panned out very well. For I don't have a lot of high hopes that Clone High reboot they were talking about. <laughs> well, uh, for what I've seen about the merger... Uh, AT&T basically dumped a bunch of debt onto Warner Brothers before Discovery, the merger happened. So when the merger happened, Warner Brothers itself was under a ton of debt. And so they had to start cutting costs and saving where they could. Otherwise, they couldn't even afford to run the studio. So I kind of put this more on AT&T than I do Discovery at this point. AT&T are the blame for a lot of things here. Um, not to mention having crappy cellular service. But um, that's neither here nor there. All right. So I think that's it for this week, everyone. Um, as I'm, as we're, you're seeing this, you can go play the uh, what's, Phoenix, uh, Plague Tale Rec Room, which that seems to be getting mixed reviews, unfortunately. Yeah, um, one review is pretty nasty about it. Yeah, uh, that sucks. I I was hoping it was going to be one of those uh, glowing games that I will be excited to play on Game Pass. But hey, it is on Game Pass, so you can go uh, play it on there as well as the other um, systems as well. Uh, definitely give it a shot if you can. It's even on Switch Cloud if you're a Switch Cloud person. That Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed also out. Okay. The game that Greg Miller wants, no one else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am going to try that Marvel Snap game, so I'll have thoughts about that uh, next week uh, for sure. Um, Them's Fighting Hurts is out there. If you've been wanting to play that for a while, you certainly can. And Uncharted Lost Legacy is out pretty much by the time you're listening to this or watching it. Uh, Batura Lost Haven is a indie game I've been sort of interested in. It's an action RPG that kind of reminds me of Prince of Persia a bit with like more of the action stuff. So um been kind of waiting for that one as well. I think Vampire Survivors is leaving early access as well. So that's also on Game Pass, I think. Um And yeah, another Warhammer 40,000 game is coming out too. So we got like four a year. So <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, and then of course the game that, that we all should be supporting Persona 5 Royal which of course 
already have. <laughs> yeah, Mark has already been doing that, but now you can go play it on Game Pass and Switch uh, and PC as well. Um, definitely go do that. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to go back to that or not, but it'll be there attempting me, I'm sure. Um, and Gotham Knights as well. It comes out the same day. So if you're not disturbed by the running at 30 FPS and you want to play a co-op game, there you go. Go check it out. Right? Um, but yeah, until next week, everybody. We will see y'all later. Later. Later in Dixieland Delight was actually about Tennessee. Uh, I had to throw one thing in there.